0: Hello, welcome to Launch Left Podcast. I'm your host, Rain Phoenix. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest is J.J. Kramer of Cream Magazine. I've been looking forward to this conversation and hope you enjoy it. We're on the podcast now with J.J. Kramer from Cream Magazine. And we were just recounting having seen each other briefly at the screening at the Grammy Museum here in L.A. of uh, the documentary film on... Cream, the magazine, and really on your dad, Barry Kramer, learned so much about him. one thing I noticed after the documentary that I thought was really interesting and evocative, specifically around how Cream has always been seen, was that you and Jan and uh, Dave all were like rock stars. (laughs) It was like (laughs) one of that experience of seeing a rock show and everybody wanting to go check out and talk to the band after. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let them do their thing. And <laughs> but it made me so happy, and uh, I love that about Cream Magazine. You guys have that reputation.
1: <laughs> I I, I that, that that's a great way to uh to to put it. I mean, it, the way I look at it is, it's just like folks have like such an affinity for the brand, right? Whether whether they grew up with it, um, whether they are just learning about it, it there is something. Um, that just there's this energy it gives off and people want to be a part of it and, and, and want to, you know, chat about whatever impact it's it's had on their life. So that was, that was really cool. It's just, I mean, it's, it's almost surreal just from a a personal perspective to kind of be in it now and and to see that impact that it has
0: my boyfriend is one of the people who was you know got it every religiously and read it front to back and one thing he said was cream was the only rock and roll music magazine that was often more rock and roll in attitude than the musicians they wrote about nothing was sacred nothing off limits they poked fun at everyone including themselves and i thought that was such a cool observation later and talked about how he learned new words, you know, and then he his the humor itself, the writing really did influence his writing. He's a musician and a, writes songs and all of that. And so how how influential that magazine was to the youth of the 70s. And I think it's very admirable that you're rebooting in 2022. And, and I'm assuming hoping to have some influence and create some excitement in this generation of young people.
1: Absolutely, and I think the beauty of of rebooting it now is nobody's really nobody's really filled the void that Cream left. Um, you know, in in '89 when when it folded, um, there's no real champion for like rock and roll capital R. There's obviously there's there's you know I, I think the the genre as a whole has been like micro genre and micro niche to death, and there's like really cool. Um, you know blogs out there that are very specific but there's no this there's, there's not this big tent for everybody to gather gather under like there was you know for cream 1.0 um and that's that's what's really exciting for us and that's what it seems to be drawing people back in is that there's a place where you know uh, a fan of one genre and a fan of another genre can actually like coexist under the same tent because you know what they're both rock and roll fans um and that's a beautiful thing. And maybe we turn one fan on to another, you know, type of, uh, artist or genre, um, and, and vice versa. So, um, it it's really exciting. And I think the thing about cream, um, and you, you were mentioning this earlier is like, um, it had this like DIY sensibility to it. Um, and it had this blue collar sensibility to it as well. It, it, you know, it humanized rock stars. Um, it poked fun at rock stars. It, it ripped them off their pedestals um, if they needed, you know, to to, to be checked on, on the flip side, it would champion bands that had never been put on a pedestal. Um, and it, it gave all of them sort of this, you know, uh, equal footing. Um, and you don't really see that uh, a lot today, especially when there's a lot of click driven media sites and um, things like that, that ha- that are, are almost just programmed to regurgitate press releases and bullshit like that, uh, because that's what drives the clicks. Um and so these bands that are actually really, really good aren't getting attention anywhere else. And so that oh, that, yes. that to us is an incredible opportunity. Well um,
0: we we cha- we we second that. That is what Launch <laughs> Left is all about too, is like let's find some you know, more experimental, off the radar, uh, and those that are recommended by people who have impressed us over the years, you you know, icons of sorts, especially the ones who did it their way and said no to like what they were told would get them somewhere and just chose to go their own route. So we salute you and so happy to be talking to you because you have that same sort of sensibility of like, you know, it's not, it's not just what's popular or what's getting paid for there's so much great stuff out there the difficult thing is how do you sift and curate and so that's what i love about cream too is it has that curatorial piece as well um so and 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 the irreverence is refreshing especially in these modern times you know which are it's a bit of the post cynicism modern times, uh, and so yeah. it's an interesting time to reboot cream as well. <laughs> comparative to the seventies when kind of anything was was a go. Uh, if it, it's I'm so curious how you plan to approach the current sensitivities uh, in the nation. I, I will say that I remember Dave Carney at the at the thing saying I can't wait to uh, offend more people. Or something yeah. like
1: that. And, and then it, I think you said, you know, and it's even easier today than it was right. uh, you know, back back in the seventies. And you know, I think there there there's, you know, like like anything, creams evolved. Uh, there are things that, you know, looking back there, they weren't cool then, they're not cool now, but right. there is plenty of space to be irreverent without being mean or cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we're gonna, you know, that's where we're gonna live. And there's like that's a big sandbox, yeah. um, to, to, to play in. And like, you know, you mentioned Dave, he's the perfect guy to be like guiding us through there. Cause you know, he definitely, um, has that, that, uh, that spirit, no doubt, um, of, of cream 1.0 that, that, uh, irreverence that, um, not giving a, you know, can I curse on here? Um not yeah. <laughs> not, not giving a fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that that's the guy we need uh at at the wheel right now.
0: For sure. And I I I think Jan is it Uhelski? Is that how you say her name? Was yeah. uh who was a writer back in the original 1.0 like you said, Cream 1.0 in the 70s and she was also at the documentary and she's also part of sort of overseeing that it maintains the same acerbic bite but also She mentioned something about like, yeah, there were some things I regret saying back then. So she's kind of like quality control around that uh, that kind of writing in a way. Like she's yeah, yeah,
1: that's exactly what she's doing. I mean, like you know, Jan, you know, Jan's known me since you know my entire life, and and uh, has has been along for you know all the, the, the 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 cream journey, and it was really important to have her involved um just as sort of like i i I always just refer to her as like cream spirit guide for lack of a better term that's that's what i mean it's 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 quality assurance it's like does this pass the thumb test could this piece be printed somewhere else or is it you know uh uniquely cream uh and nobody would know that better than you know one of the people that invented it
0: speaking of jan she knew your dad barry and i know uh You know, we haven't talked yet about this, but what a responsibility. First of all, um, I'm very familiar with loss. I think everyone who's lived a certain amount of years is on this planet and how difficult it is to lose someone that you love very much and especially at a young age. And so, you know, even that on its own, to have lost your father so young and then to be bequeathed uh, the chairman title of Cream Magazine at age four, and what that kind of weight slash excitement, maybe as you grew older, but the 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 weight of uh, responsibility around honoring someone who's gone—that y- you know you have your own attachment to and so much connection to—must have been a lot. And I'm guessing, you know, I know you went on to be an IP lawyer, which is pretty square in the cream world, right? Yeah, but. Right. <laughs> but uh that 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 has helped you in many ways get cream back right so um i'm yeah. i'm just curious like you know i assume from my own experience but i want to see if that rings true and how, if you want to share a little bit about um you know how difficult that must have been to carry that all this time and what it feels like now to sort of to to be the chairman and it's <laughs> this many years later just from an emotional perspective
1: yeah it's it, it has been um, a lot. Like for me, um, because I was so young when my, my dad passed away, it's like he's inextricably intertwined with Cream. I can't separate the two. I Like it just to me, they're, 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 they've always been together. And so when it comes to Cream, it's always been – when I talk about wanting to, to, to be a part of Cream and carry the legacy for it, I'm not just talking about the, the, the magazine, the book. I mean, it's him it's right. him that i'm honoring by by doing that and there were definitely times growing up where like i don't know i felt like at times i was running away from it and at times i was running directly toward it um and there were a lot of ups and downs in in getting to this point in reacquiring the rights and i think you know most sane people probably would have walked away from it Um, at sort of (laughs) at, 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 its, at its rock bottom. But like, I I sort of realized that, um, you know, something, you know, that I, that I not only felt like I had to do, but I, uh, over time, like I knew that I wanted to do it. I knew that like, aside from honoring his legacy, which is incredibly important to me, like it was something, um, that I wanted to put my own imprint on, um, and hopefully have it be there for my kids, um, you know, down the road as well. So um, it, it, it it was a lot of, you know, I think um, the documentary in a lot of ways was um, therapy for me. I probably mm. probably should have been in therapy for, for the loss for a long time. I never was, but going through the doc process and hearing stories and anecdotes and learning about like the person, the good, the bad, the ugly, the crazy, all of that shit um, gave me like a a certain level of understanding and closure and all that, um, you know, uh, therapy that, that, that I I was, you know, probably subconsciously seeking. Um, and now it's put me in a really good place to like thoughtfully move this thing Mm -hmm. forward.
0: Wow. Thank you. That was so articulate. I know what you mean. (laughs) It's like now you're, you're can stand from the foundation of, of being your adult self, not, not necessarily sort of locked, in. I got to do this for my dad. Now it's like he's part of it, but you are leading the charge, and that must that that's beautiful. That the doc kind of helped you do that. It shows again how how influential and transformative art is. You know, it really I mean? is.
1: <laughs> it's it's so true. Like, and I mean, I went into it like you know having some inkling that it may have that impact, but it's not until you like go through the process of creating that art and then putting it out into the world too, which was terrifying. Um, You know, now it's like sharing a whole part of yourself that a lot of people like that have even been close to me my entire life didn't, didn't know. And like sort of just being vulnerable on on screen, but like that needed that for me personally, that needed to happen. And I think in order to put like everything that we're doing into play and, and and on a path to success, it also had to happen because it kind of, it's freeing in a way it's Mm -hmm. like, that was that was the legacy part preserving the legacy part and i felt like we paid homage to like the countless people that made cream what it was and now it's like we've done that and, and it was received well and people were happy with it now it's a little freeing like let's mm-hmm. pull this bad boy forward and, and see where it goes without as much weight there's always going to be weight you know I, yes. I i can't sit here and bullshit you and be like oh yeah there's no weight on our shoulders we got a big we got a big legacy, um, you know, that, that we're carrying forward, but it's just a little bit of a different perspective on it now.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think anytime you're doing something that, um, you're pushing, you're pushing boundaries of what's happening right now. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a heavy lift, but why wouldn't you want a magazine that's like uh, rock and like rock star journalists? like I yeah. feel I don't feel that there are that there is a good magazine like that right now where you're having these stories that are both funny and you know sardonic and 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 just quippy and really intelligent and and using great words I mean I've I've read some I'm like good for you this isn't a rock magazine and so now I understand you know like when my boyfriend said like as a kid he's he learned so many cool ways of writing and thinking about things and the poetics of it because of the journalist in the magazine. And, yeah. and I love that, that, you you know, back then, and I, and from the things I've read recently, and which, by the way, I think this might be a great time to segue into bringing uh, your launched artist, <laughs> Zachary. Yeah, I read his article on the Hooters and was laughing out loud. I mean, but also... Really enjoyed, engaged. So
1: Zachary uh, joined us as uh, editor at large uh, for for issue one. Um, uh, I, I actually was not all that familiar uh, before I was introduced to him through our editorial our, our VP of content, uh, Fred Pissarro, and I was like immediately um, just blown away by his style of, of writing. I, I think the first piece of his that I read that he wrote for us was uh, about Wilco. Um, and I don't claim to be a huge Wilco fan, but like his, his, um, his type of writing is so immersive. It reminded me of, of, of a lot of writers, um, in Cream's initial iteration that just like made you feel like you were there, regardless of whether you were a fan of the band or not, it gave you a sense of what it did mean to be a, a fan of the band and what it did mean to be part of, of that experience. And that's exactly what we were, were, were looking for. We're like, we're, we're looking to have this magazine have def- a definitive voice and a definitive cast of characters that you can count on to tell you about cool stuff that's going on. And like Zach just knocked it out of the park. He's got a really great sense of humor, um, as well as as you see coming through on, on his uh, Hooters review. Um, and, uh, I, we're, we're just like thrilled, to to have him in the mix. He's incredible talent.
0: Hi, I'm rain from launch left. And I think, you know, JJ here.
2: Hi. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you both.
0: We were just having a chat about cream magazine and how freaking awesome it is. And JJ wanted to bring you on. I was telling him, I read your article, uh, the Hooters one and I was laughing out loud. It was so great, oh, good. Oh so.
2: I'm, I'm glad. I never know, you know? Uh,
0: and I just was at the, yeah, yeah, yeah's last night. Um, Nick is someone I know as well. And I saw you wrote books with him.
2: Uh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Nick is one of my, my oldest friends. I've been riding on his coattails for as long as, long as he would let me.
0: They were so epic.
2: I can be, a you know, there's a lot of drag involved. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I love working with him and, uh, that's that, uh, before cream, that was one of the things that kept me writing. So,
0: so I know that you're also a vocalist. I, don't, I assume maybe you write lyrics, write songs, but, uh, that you've sung in some bands, been in some bands, but would you say journalism or writing is your first love or do you have a, are Oh you...
1: no,
2: fuck no. I, I, I failed. I failed as a musician. So I became a critic. Um, ah. and, uh, but I mean, I've always liked writing. My my, my 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 father, who passed away this year, he, he was a mystery writer. And uh, so I've always been a writer, and I've always loved writing. And uh, But uh, I didn't start writing about music till my 30s, I would say. And which I think, I'd like to think, I don't know, I'd like to think makes me a better critic, because I'm both, I'd like to think, again, that I'm sympathetic to artists, you know, um, while not really romanticize, you know, most of my friends are musicians and uh, like me, a lot of them are incredibly dumb, you know, and we both, you know, because we're all just in bands and that's all we knew, you know, we didn't read books. And uh, so um, anyway, the combination, I think, works in that I love music obviously passionately and um yeah but i don't i don't deify any of this stuff I, on either end i think it's a conversation i don't get mad when i think when you know sometimes people get upset when critic when artists get mad at critics you know and i think there can be obviously with stan culture it can be very ugly and and can be cruel and bullying but i also think that it is a conversation i think that uh, if you write a bad review or if you say something unkind about an artist and and you should if you believe that then they get to respond
0: yeah and I think it's important not to to uh like you said censor ourselves or to censor really anyone that's you know that's a that's something that's definitely happening more and more and and i don't i i'm not a fan of that i feel like we should have the The conversations, the difficult conversations, for sure. We should have those uh, as opposed to just let's not talk about it at all. To me, it always comes down to conversation. Yeah. And I like that's what I think sets you all apart is even though it can be at times, you know, I think journalistically clever and and fun, it doesn't come off like you're being mean spirited and shitty.
2: I think that's a really important distinction because um, obviously I'm against censorship. Broadly, I tend to be sort of an absolutist about that, you mm-hmm. know, but I also think that social mores change and shame serves a societal function. I think that uh, there's a reason we don't talk the way we did in 1975, 1985, 1995. And I don't necessarily think I mean, I think sometimes you yeah, have censorship and sure. some. I think some things get lost, but also, you know, I. Like, and it depends on who's, who's doing the speaking and, you know, like not to, not to descend into cliche, but, you know, power dynamics and things like that. And I think, you know, you want to be conscious of that while still realizing that life is short and you got to get your kicks, you know? So.
1: Yeah. And, And I think, you know, what we noticed when we, right when we relaunched was like the audience was a little bit jarred that there was like real criticism coming. And there was almost like uh, a learning period where people needed to, to better understand that like real criticism, it, it might sting. It might sting sometimes. That doesn't mean it's mean. That doesn't mean it's cruel. It means there's an actual opinion that that's being, you know, put out into the world that you probably don't see in 99% of the other outlets. Um, And, you know, I think, I think back in the day, and this is what we're, we're trying to give back to is like, there was like almost like this ecosystem between the fans, the bands and the critics, and they all held each other accountable through the conversation is like, you know, a a band would put out a shitty album. The critic would hold them accountable um, with their opinion. If the fans didn't like it, they would, they would join the conversation and push back. And the beautiful thing about cream is we published all of it. Like, (laughs) If, whatever your differing opinion was, it you know, if you came from a point like of of you know honesty and 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 you know perspective, it would make it into the pages. It would be a letter to the editor, it would be a review, it would be a feature. and that's been lost, and that's really what we're trying to get back to,
0: yeah, and I mean, off with Zachary, you were saying, I get that there is this fine line. You know, that that is a big responsibility for 2.0 to manage, which is that there are good reasons that the language has changed that linguistically we've stopped saying certain things even you know in our culture that were that that weren't kind to all kinds of people and i'm i'm hoping that Cream, you can tease that apart and say this is criticism and opinion and subjective and it can be kind of silly and might sting like you said but we yeah we're not doing something in a way that's harmful And I
2: think a lot of these things go hand in hand with other things, you know, it's sort of like in the same way, not to go way out of my depth, but like, to my mind, you don't have like abolition tomorrow, you have abolition with a number of other progressive movements that make these things feasible, in the same way, like, you know, you want to get to the like, yeah, right now, you'll see in a lot of music criticism, like, there's a, you know, it's, it's, a lot easier to take shots at popular white dudes in bands and cool, which is great. That's fine. And what you'd want to get eventually is get to the point where you can make fun of everybody, but only because everybody is being represented and everybody is writing these things. And it's, you know, it's sort of like, you you can't just be like, well, I want to be able to say what I want to say. I want to make fun of everybody. And like, cause free speech, man. Not, not if it's not, if you're still like covering some bands to the exclusion of others. Right. Stuff like that. So it's, it really has to go, everything has to be moving. If, if I want to be the asshole that I really want to be. Right. I have to be active in, you know, improving.
1: There is one other thing that I I think will help um, people start to untangle all the stuff that's, that's mushed together. And that's like, what? I think it, a lot of people have already realized this, and, and 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 I think more will over time that like where we're coming from, where Cream is coming from, is from like it's because our writers, our staff, our fans fucking love music. They want it to be good. They want it to progress. We want to pull things forward, and if that means somebody's got to be taken down a few notches for the greater good, um, <laughs> then then we're going to do it the same way if we need to, you know, run to the margins and champion, you know, bands that aren't getting enough attention, we're going to do that too. So it's all, everything that we do is coming from the right place. It's not, we're, we're not out there, um, with doing hot takes for the sake of, you know, just punching down, um, and, and humiliating, you know, someone that's, that's not what cream was ever about. Um, there, there certainly might be writers that have uh, a, a very definitive opinion on a particular group and they want to get it out there, but it's because they care so much about the music. It's not, it's not fueled by, you know, hatred or cruelty or anything like that. And so I think that's going to help folks get more comfortable with our style um, of, of uh, criticism um, and also our sense of fun um as well so it's like it's all it's it's tongue-in-cheek there's a wink and a nod um bands learn to play along artists learn to play along um you know i, I said this in the doc and i think it remains true today it's like either you're, you're in on the joke or you are the joke <laughs> um yeah. and so you know i think we were that that sensibility is is very much part of what we're doing today
2: oh uh, well just it's i think that's i mean that's all true and and, and i think that um in some ways, the way the culture has changed in some ways, of course, it's very negative and, and but in other ways, it can be liberating because you know, all right, there's there's very little money in the music industry except for on the very, very top. you know, and I think in other music sites defense, you know, when the only currency is social currency, of course you're gonna be more attentive to like everyone's feelings because you're certainly not getting paid. You know, so you might as well get invited to their parties and like be able to like get a line or two, you know. And uh, but uh, but now, but I think that since now there's like this focus on like the super super popular, you know, this this thing that's so that to my mind isn't so much about music, you know. Uh, we don't even have to. Like, we, of course, we want very, very popular artists, but there's but then there's a certain like threshold that it just becomes almost like trying to like get the Pope to uh, talk about things. And like, you know, we don't we can talk about music and talk about popular music and talk about music that billions of people love without trying to get into some weird like pissing match with like. Some like oligarchical pop star that doesn't, you know, that's just going to sick, you know, 7 million 15 year olds or or deranged 25 year olds on us. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't need to be done.
0: I'm I'm definitely looking forward to uh, 2022's version of Lester Bangs and Lou Reed, though. Come on. Let's get one. (laughs) Like, there's got to be an artist ready for that out there. That would be so fun to see that back and forth go down um, now. Uh, You know, it'd be really entertaining.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I I think and I think I think there are certain I think there are artists that are that are game for that, you know, and uh, I think. Maybe not to maybe not to that extent, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know that was a little uh, rough, but I mean, I just wanted uh, to bring that up because that's a pretty great story.
2: <laughs> I mean, that, and that's what I think. What a lot of people return to, and uh, and the thing is, is that Lester Bangs is an example of someone who was able to do that, and artists still adored him, you know, and they still wanted to talk to him. Um, and I think that's the goal. I think mm-hmm. that's. I think it's an attainable goal. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Well, just kudos to you guys because, uh, you know, I think there's, we've been here. A- launching left for a few few years now, just as a podcast and a a label. Um, But there haven't been that many people who are trying to not do what everyone else seems to be doing in music and art, which is go with like whatever is out there and just keep And look, it's, you know, obviously working uh, there. I think the money is going that way. So it's definitely hard to hold, hold a line out somewhere else. I have to admit But I've always believed that, you know, how can we like striving to be more like our heroes, the ones that said, fuck it to the norm, and did it their way, and then created their own world with which everyone wanted to be a part. That's really, to me, the most inspiring thing about music and art is that kind of uh, that kind of um, maverick spirit in artists that do that, you know,
2: well, you're saying is really important, actually, because I think and I think the real, I mean, that is actually uh, not to not to not to blow sunshine of you, but it's uh, it is it is it is uh the, the idea of creating your own world is actually an essential part of it because it can't be done in the negative. It can't just be reactionary. Right. It has to be a positive act. And I think that's what we're doing with cream. That's mm-hmm. what our, our goal is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just yes, we are going to make fun of everybody. Oh, all our friends and peers, you know, and, uh, right. uh, you know, and then when we see them at the bar, kind of do this, but uh, uh, because we don't want to do a lot of what other people are doing, though, of, you know, to be fair, some of it is quite good, you know, but we don't want to do what the mass of media is doing, but it can't just be a reaction against that. It has to be us and we, what which we're, which we're doing with every issue, with every week of the online stuff. We're striving to to make our own world and our own niche and find and find a voice that is indebted to and true to like the spirit of 70s cream, but also not civil war reenactment.
0: Well, I wanted to say I'm sorry for your loss with your father passing away. I just think loss is such a big part of all of our lives that often doesn't get talked about. But how how do you feel that? the loss in your life, whatever that has looked like, has been a cause of cre- more creative freedom for you and uh or more creativity, or do you just kind of like compartmentalize that? No. I'm gonna be
2: honest with you, not yet. Cause my mom died a couple of years ago too. And I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm still at the I'm still at the yeah. you know, abject rage part. Right. Um you know, I get it. I get and so, it. And some truly awful poetry. Um but, uh, um, I
0: get it. I get but it. I, but,
2: but yeah, well, will we'll...
0: well, there's no special timeline. It yeah. took me 25 years, <laughs> you know, to even really talk more about my brother. And I made a record, uh, and named it after him, you know, like it's the first I was 25 years later, you know, it doesn't, it has no, it's nonlinear with time, I can't, I mean, you know, I think
2: about your brother. A lot. I can't imagine, you know. <laughs> wow. So, it's, I, you know, he, he was very important to me as a 15-year-old. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just wild how, um, you know, how we don't know how much those things affect us or how much they you know, it took me a long time to find the creativity in it. Just like you. So when you say, I didn't realize you lost your mom so recently, too. I mean, yeah. And JJ, he was four when he lost his dad. So we were kind of able to talk about it more from a we've been through this over, however, 25, 30 years or whatever. Yeah. If I talk about it, I'm
2: going to have to put the lipstick app back on.
0: Yeah. Okay. I get it. We don't have to go any more into that. We don't want that. Okay. So uh, full-time job cream magazine for both of you, or are you doing other things as much as possible? What is,
1: well, I, I don't want to speak for Zach, but I, I would say, I hope we're, you know, we're, we're both uh, tracking towards a hopeful full-time <laughs> gig. At some point, I still have a day job uh, as, as a uh, uh, practicing IP attorney. Um, you know, I, I, I say this all the time on our, our, Team calls. I am insanely fucking jealous of the people that are actually working full time for Cream right now. Um, It's like been my dream my entire life, and you know, this is obviously a huge step. But I'm still, still kind of not, not quite there. Um, You know, if it were 25 years ago for me um, and didn't have a, you know, family and a mortgage. Um, I might already be doing it, um, <laughs> full-time, but I'm just, I'm, you know, taking, taking my time, uh, uh on this one, but, uh, hopefully in the not too distant future. Um, but I don't know how you feel about it, Zach.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, you know, I, I had never, you know, I'd, I'd freelanced most of my life and bartended, you know, for 25 years, you know, and, uh, this is my first time going into an office and, uh, doing things like this. And I love it. Turns out I love it. You know, I think things that maybe would drive other people crazy. I'm like, another meeting. It's great. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's go over the agenda.
0: Let's meet. <laughs> let's hang out at the water cooler.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 We're like, oh, yes, oh yes. I want a sandwich from the deli. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So I, I, um, Yeah, I love I love it, you know, because of like bartender hours and um, being in bands and stuff like that. You know, I I tend to write till about five in the morning and things like that. So it's Mm -hmm. still very all over the place. But yeah, no, this is this is this is how I see my future right now. So subscribe, everybody.
0: Yeah. And bar. And you're located all over the states now. I know it was a very Detroit Rock City magazine initially, but I love that it's uh, it's also very modern and people working from different cities. And um, so that's interesting because you're bringing different cultural melting pots based on states into the magazine. You know what I mean? It's not just one city that it's real. I mean, it wasn't only that, but it has yeah. a little bit more of, a wider there's a little more
1: breadth now like but i think the important thing that that i think everybody that's walked through the door has is it's like that um you know what i call like a a detroit-sized chip on on their shoulder um and you don't you don't have to necessarily be from detroit to have that sensibility to have that attitude i think everybody who who is contributing has a little bit of that and that's what's most important is that that spirit and um we are and, very you know, angry and insecure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> that nails it. Um, yeah. And, we, and you know, in the magazine, we dedicate real estate, every issue to like a, a Detroit centric column, greetings from Detroit. And we're going to be building on that. There will always be a connection and a bridge to Detroit. And it's going to grow o- over time. That's definitely important. We never want to forget where we're from.
2: And I think one of the things that actually that really adds to that is, you know, we, we, since we, it would be ludicrous to sort of affect that we were in like, like pretending, like cosplaying that we were in Detroit while we're sitting in our like offices in New York. But JJ's there and we have to, and we do have to, uh, we sort of let that inform this constant reminder to not be coastal, just not be like LA and New York. You know, we, we, uh, we've we've covered the music scene in Tucson which is amazing you know we're going to do stuff like you know over the years like i want i want to talk about Pittsburgh which is like a fucking awesome rock and punk town you know like things that are not just like the the usual places and it's not and i say that not in a condescending way i say that in just an acknowledgement of that there is there is no there is no center anymore so mm. Let's, 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 let's find the Detroits everywhere and embrace them.
0: I love it. Do you have any form of give back or activism in regard to either the city that you hail from, or do you have any plans to have this do something to build? Yes.
1: Yes. Um, Future, you know, future state, I think, and there'll be a number of things that we do to give back uh, to Detroit, whether it's. Um, making sure that, that we hi- highlight artists from Detroit, um, have people writing and contributing that are boots on the ground in Detroit, um, opening an office there, hiring people from Detroit. Uh, and then future state, you know, we do want to um, uh, have a music festival that's based out of Detroit, you know um, that, that's in our plans, a, a cream fest, so to speak, a, you know a few years down the road. Um, that brings people, to Detroit helps the local economy. Um, it can be our way to c- continue to shine a light on all the really cool, amazing things that are, are going on, um, down there. And that's just a part, you know, a, a small part of it, but we're going to find bigger and smaller ways to, um, to always, like I said, have that, have that bridge. It's, it's really important to us.
0: Yeah. In a way that's like, so, uh, that harkens back that, your, you know your dad's cream which is kind of cool it's like a way to continue to honor the city where it started you know um in a in a irreverent way i'm sure
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, and i and i believe we also and jj correct me if i'm wrong but i think you know the the, the mag the print magazine isn't available in record stores except for in detroit which oh I, that's
1: right yeah, yeah, which yeah. actually so... we give
2: them copies which you know i love that it, it, yeah and it's so i mean it's it's at least, at least sort of focusing on that in some sort of way. Yeah. Which I think it's important. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great call out. And, and we didn't, um, we didn't sell them the copies. We just right. sent them boxes and said, do with them what, what you will. Um, And, and uh, obviously, you know, they were, they were over the moon and, and we'll continue to to do that. Um, Cause it just feels like it's the, it's the right thing to do.
0: Cool. Well, you guys, this has been so fun. Thanks, guys. What a treat to talk to you. I feel like I there's so many other things I wanted to ask. I hope I covered enough where it felt good to you. And... Have
2: us on again.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah it absolutely sure. did. Um, we had a great
0: time. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields.